We'll continue this morning in the book of Luke, the 15th chapter. We'll read verses 11 through 13. And he said, Jesus speaking here, a man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living And not many days after, the younger son had gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. You'll find that often as you read through the Gospels, particularly in the book of Luke. Jesus often spoke in parables. If you remember, probably as I do as even a child in Sunday school, they taught us what a parable was. It was a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And often Jesus chose parables to speak to the common man, although what Jesus said was anything but common. Jesus never spoke an idle word, but often he brought things down to a perspective that everybody could understand. Well, here in this 15th chapter of Luke, we see Jesus actually combining three different parables or stories to make one central or critical point. That point is that the lost can be found. People have said that in the 15th chapter of Luke, really, this contains the entire heart of the gospel. Jesus himself said he came to seek and to save those that were lost. We also see in this chapter, we in these parables, they show us, uh, give us three key points regarding the lost. We know that the Lord loves the lost. The lost can be found. And we see the most important thing of all is the importance of repentance. We'll begin this morning by considering this first parable of the lost sheep. You might wonder who or what that would represent. I believe more than anything in this account, that lost sheep could represent the backslider. We see it as a picture of a sheep that have been part of a flock at one time and they become separated and they're no longer a part of what they once belonged to. They've wandered off. You know, Luke refers to it as one being lost. It says if he loses one of them, of course, we know Jesus is the good shepherd. He never loses one of his sheep. He's always aware and very mindful of where his sheep are at every moment of the day. But sadly, the failure is always on the part of the sheep. You know, sheep can place themselves in a lost condition. Matthew 18, 12 refers to it as one that has gone astray. Well, you know, I think most of the time, backsliding doesn't occur in a moment or a day. It's not often the result of one uh, big decision to openly act out in rebellion or to disobey. Oftentimes it, it can happen over time. You know, people really, more often than not, they they find themselves in a backslidden condition through carelessness and neglect. 
The Bible speaks of these things. He talks about the cares of life and the deceitfulness of riches that can choke out the word. You know, if we're not careful, our priorities can shift. First place can be put on families or jobs or, again, the cares of life or even the pursuit of pleasure. These things, if we're not careful, they can cause us to drift away from the Lord, the Good Shepherd. There's other things, unforgiveness and bitterness will separate us from the Good Shepherd, from the Father. You know, I don't think the sheep here ever intended to be separated from the flock. It just happened through carelessness and neglect. The biggest problem was that it failed to stay close to the shepherd. But we see even in this account, we see the attitude of the shepherd toward the sheep. You know, the shepherd is acutely aware of the fact that one of his sheep was missing. You know, and Jesus, like that good shepherd, he understands that we, like sheep, were uh, prone to wander at times. So we see the shepherd here in this account. He was dedicated to finding that lost sheep, no matter what it took. It says he left the 99 and went to search for that one until he found it. So we see the diligence of the good shepherd to find that lost sheep. You know, he didn't abandon the other 99 there. He said he left them to go find that lost one. But I, I'm sure that shepherd, being a good shepherd, he made sure that the 99 were in a safe place and well cared for. He was just as mindful of their needs as he was of that one that was lost. You know, if you had five children and your house caught on fire in the middle of the night and you heard the smoke alarm going off and you saw the smoke, you'd run through the house and you would try to rouse your children and rescue them and get them out safely. And I'm sure as you got them to the curb, you'd begin to count heads. And if you realized there were only four there, what would you do? You would leave those four there safely and you'd rush back into that burning house to rescue the one that was lost. Well, here again, Jesus wasn't neglecting the 99, but he knew there was one that desperately needed to be searched out and found. So he left the 99 and went to look for that one that needed to be rescued. We see Jesus acting in compassion, or the shepherd here acting in compassion towards this sheep. It said when he found it, he laid it on his shoulders rejoicing and he carried it back to safety. You know, that shepherd didn't push that sheep. He didn't drag it back. He didn't prod it back. He didn't berate it. He didn't scold it or punish it. He carried it back on his shoulders to that place of safety. This gives us a picture of the shepherd's attitude toward that lost sheep, that one that's gone astray. You know, it's no small feat to carry a sheep on your shoulders. They say an adult sheep can weigh 50 to 75 pounds. And depending on the breed of the sheep, sometimes it can be over 100 pounds. Imagine hoisting that sheep on your shoulders and walking over all kinds of dangerous terrain, carrying that sheep back to that place of safety. But that's what the good shepherd did. You know, when Jesus bore our sins on his shoulders, that was no small feat. Isaiah 53.6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's hard to imagine what Jesus did, what he endured 
for each of us. Imagine the sin, the collective sin and shame of the entire world. Your sins, my sins, laid on Christ's shoulders. And he bore it willingly to that cross. He did that because he loved us. Oh, the Lord, uh, again, he bore a huge burden for us to rescue us, to save us. He goes to great lengths to rescue the lost. You know, the Lord can find the lost. He can bring them to a place of safety. And we know for us spiritually, all those that are lost are brought to that very same place. They're brought to the foot of the cross. But we know at that point, we have a decision to make. You know, verse 7, we see in that chapter there, Jesus places the responsibility at that point on the sheep. He says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. You know, it takes repentance. The Lord, like that good shepherd, he can locate us, he can find us, but he can't save us until we cry out in repentance. You know, sheep are helpless. They say when a sheep is wandering off and it realizes that it's lost, oftentimes it will just lay down and just give up. It'll surrender and it'll begin to cry and to bleat. But it's that sound of its cry that the shepherd can detect. And at that point, the shepherd can go and rescue that sheep. It's the same way spiritually. If you're here this morning and you're in a backslidden condition, the best thing you can do is stop running. Stop fighting. Give up. Stop resisting. Call out to the Lord. And Jesus, as that good shepherd, he'll be there to rescue you. The word repent means to turn around, to forsake, to cease from wandering. We know in no way was Christ indicating that we should be presumptuous with his mercy and his grace as much as he loves those wayward sheep. You know, eventually I've read stories about shepherds and shepherding. You may have heard the old saying about a sheep that wanders off, a shepherd will break its leg to keep it from wandering off. That's not true. No good shepherd will break the leg of its sheep. You know, Jesus won't do that, but eventually... Eventually, if that lamb continues to wander off, it'll be destroyed because that sheep can often, over time, will influence the others in the flock and cause them to wander off as well. As much as it agonizes and grieves the heart of that shepherd, eventually that sheep has to be destroyed. So we we see the warning here. We want to heed God's call. And again, if you're in a backsidden condition, the Lord can save you. He's looking for you. And if you'll just call out to him, the Lord will come and rescue you. But don't ignore that prompting of the Spirit of the Lord on your heart and life. God wants to rescue lost sheep. We see the next example. We see the example of the lost coin. Again, this was something that was lost. But unlike that sheep that was lost through negligence and carelessness, This lost coin was lost through complete ignorance. There's no way this coin could have known it was lost. It was also lost because of the carelessness of somebody else. But you know, that coin in that lost condition, really, uh, it was useless in the sense that it couldn't be used for anything just because it was useless, though it doesn't mean that it didn't have value. You see, that that one coin had as much value as those other 
nine coins, but in its lost condition, it couldn't be redeemed. It couldn't be used for its intended purpose. So the woman there, she lit a candle and she swept the house. You know, that could indicate uh, the word of God and the spirit of God often will search out a heart. And even those that are lost uh, through complete ignorance, the Lord in his mercy and grace will shine that light on their pathway. You know, ignorance is not going to be an excuse. Anybody will be able to use when they stand before the Lord, because God's word says at one point or another, the Lord enlightens every man that comes into the world. You know, it's interesting, too, that this coin, it said it was lost inside the house. You know, you don't have to be out in sin or in a den of iniquity to be lost. There are those that are sitting in church in God's house, even today, that are lost. They may not even realize that they're lost, but aren't you thankful? The Bible says that the Lord came to seek and to save those that were lost. Maybe this is the first time you ever heard, you must be born again. The Lord has just shed light on your pathway. You can respond to that. If you're lost today, you can be found. That's the good news of the gospel. I think of a testimony I read just the other day, Brother Jim Porter. He said before he was ever saved, he said he never even heard that a person could live a day or even a moment without sin. He just assumed everybody lived with sin. He decided just to try to to live a good life, to be moral, join a church. You know, he even attended church faithfully for many, many years. He said he attended the Big Stone Church there in the town where he lived. Eventually, he joined the church choir, became a church treasurer. He said he even at one point became the president of the Christian Endeavor Society. Said he would confess his sins every night. Never realized ever in all those years attending church that he could even be saved. Didn't know he was actually even lost. But several years later, said as he moved out here to Portland, he went to work at a furniture factory and a man from the Apostolic Faith Church invited him to a service. And so finally, just to get the guy off of his back, he decided to go. And he said when he got there, he heard something far different. And he'd ever heard, he said that you could actually be delivered from your sin. And he said, conviction got a hold of his heart. The light came on. All of a sudden, he realized, I'm lost. Said he left in a hurry because he was so convicted. But he said on his way out the door there, he said a man stopped him and he asked him a question. He said, are you saved? Do you know you're right with the Lord? Said he couldn't answer that man. And he left it for several days, those questions haunted him. He said he would have given anything to be able to say yes, but he knew he was lost. So next Sunday he went back. He said this time he sat at the front of the church and he said as the altar call went out, he rushed to the altar, fell across the altar, called out to the Lord. He said, Lord, be merciful to me. In that moment, God saved him completely. He said, I knew, I knew I was a child of the king. See, this lost man had been found What would have happened if that man would have never invited him and told him about the Lord? We don't know. Again, God is faithful, but there's a responsibility to us, too, to share the gospel to those that don't know. But this man said the next day he went home and he told his mother about his experience. And she had raised him in the same church he'd attended all these years. And she she began to wonder, well, well, am I a Christian? 
Am I saved? And she began to feel conviction. So the following Sunday, she went to the church with him. She heard a message. She went to the same altar of prayer. She received the same experience of salvation that this man received. And the Lord took her home to glory. This man lived many years after that, over 45 years serving the Lord. But the lost had been found. You know, it wasn't his faithful church membership or his participation or anything like that. What saved him was that genuine act of repentance. And again, Jesus here emphasizes that in the end. He says that there is more joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. You know, the Lord takes no joy in the unrepentant. The Bible tells us that the God that God is angry with the wicked every day. He says that there's he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But the Bible also says it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And when a sinner repents, we know heaven rejoices, heaven celebrates. We think about the third parable here speaks about the lost son or the prodigal son you know the son here his condition although he was lost was different from the other two examples we know that that sheep was lost through carelessness and neglect the coin was lost through ignorance and through someone else's carelessness but we see this prodigal son here he was intentionally lost through rebellion and pride and disobedience and unthankfulness, this man willingly, intentionally left father's house, intentionally went out to a place all on his own. We see there again in verse 14, excuse me, it says in verse 12 or 13, it says, And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living, completely wasted everything that the father had worked so hard to provide him with. Took, grant, took for granted uh, that safety and that protect, protection, the security, the provision he had in his father's house. Threw it all overboard and went out on his own. Of course, we see in this account, we see the destructive nature of sin. Verse 14 says he spent all. You know, sin comes with a price tag. Sin always costs, but it never, ever pays. Sin robs a person of everything good in their lives. And the Word of God says that the end result of sin, this is the wages of sin, is death. says he began to be in want. We know sin will starve a person. It will never satisfy a person because we are created for God's glory and God's honor, for His pleasure. We are created. If we try to live outside of God's will and God's design, we'll never be satisfied. Sin will rob a person of everything good. Verse 15, it says that he joined himself to a citizen of a far country. You know, sin will rob a person of their identity. There's nothing sadder than to see a child of God turn his back on the Lord and become a child of the devil. 
I've seen it. You've seen it. They forsake everything and they go out, you know, and, and sometimes in just a matter of years, you hardly even recognize that person. Oh, but sin will rob a person of their very identity. Verse 16, it says that this man continued, found himself feeding swine. You know, there would be nothing more humiliating and demoralizing for a Jewish boy than to have to feed swine. We know according to the Jewish customs in their rituals concerning food, uh, swine were considered unclean animals. But here we see this man feeding swine. You know, sin will demoralize. Sin will degrade. Sin will bring a person lower to lower depths than they ever even thought possible. I dare say this man, when he left that home, he never had any dream or imagination that he'd ever be finding himself in the middle of an old pig pen feeding these unclean animals. But that's what sin will do. It just strips people of their dignity. Anything good is wasted and squandered. You know, all these calamities, we could say, were a result of this man's choices and his own actions. Well, that's true. could even say this man got what he deserved. Well, that's probably true as well. You read on, too, it's interesting that the father here in this account, he didn't go looking for his son. You know, he didn't leave everything else behind and go chase after his son. It wasn't because that father didn't love his son. He cared deeply for that son. It probably grieved his heart every day, every moment as he tried to imagine that son out there somewhere wasting his life. It probably grieved his heart. He prayed and cried out continually, but he didn't chase after that young man. There's a reason because he realized that son had to make his own choice. You know, he couldn't force that son to stay in that home. He couldn't force that son to do the right thing. He realized that that son would have to come to the realization all on his own of what he'd left behind. That's the only thing that would lead to repentance. But we know as we read on, the son realized that the only way back to his father's house was through the pathway of repentance and humility. Verse 17 through 20, it says, And when he came to himself, thankful the man's story doesn't end in the pig pen. It says, He came to himself. He said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants And he arose and came to his father. See, just realizing he was lost, it wasn't enough. He had a choice to make. He could have given up hope and thought, I'm just going to stay here in this old pig pen. I'm getting what I deserve. But he realized, I have sinned. I sinned. It was me. Nobody else. It was me. He owned it. He took responsibility. And he was willing to repent. And as he began to make his way back to his father's house. We see how the father responded. Again in verse 20, it says, But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Said he saw when he was a great way off. 
That father, you can see his heart here, looking, searching for that lost son, looking for one moment when that son will return. It says when he was a great way off, he ran, ran toward where that son was. You know, he didn't make him come crawling up to the front door. He didn't make him grovel and beg. He didn't parade that young man out in front of the servant saying, look, see what he did here. Does he, none of that. He said he had compassion. He ran, he fell on his son, and he kissed him. Oh, I tell you, it was because of his heart and his willingness to repent. He said he put shoes on his feet and a robe on his back. They made a feast and they rejoiced. He said, this my son who was lost is found. He's dead, but he's alive again. And they began to be merry. That's how the Lord responds to repentance. You know, if you're here and you realize you're backslidden, just repent. If you realize for the first time you're unsaved and you never even knew it until now, again, just repent, call on the Lord, cry out to the Lord for mercy. Or if you've rebelled against the Lord and you've willingly, knowingly disobeyed God and you're at the end of your rope, maybe your life has been destroyed by sin. All you have to do is realize it, confess it, call on the Lord. Today, the Lord will meet you. He'll save you. He'll restore you. He'll rescue you. You know, it's interesting in this These parables, Jesus closes these parables with the story of one other son. He tells us about the older son. He said this older son was so angry he wouldn't even go into the house. When he heard about this commotion and this celebration, he asked one of the servants, what's going on? And uh, the servant said, well, your brother has come home. He's dead and he's alive. And, you know, this older brother became so angry he wouldn't even go into the house. He reminded his father of all the things he had done for him, all those years that he'd served him faithfully, told him how unfair he thought it was. But you know, we see an attitude with his older son here. Somehow he had taken the blessings and the privileges of being in his father's house for all of those years, and he turned them into a duty or a obligation or a chore. He failed to realize how blessed he was, and he became angry when this younger son returned. And the father had to remind him of some things. Verse 31, And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. You know, the older son never missed out on any blessings. was never neglected. He was always cared for. Uh, The fact that his younger son returned hadn't diminished this man's inheritance in any way. He was still part of that family, but he failed to realize these things, and he became so angry. It says he wouldn't even go into the house. You know, his attitude kept him out of his father's house as well. Just as much as that wayward son, the attitude of this older son was separated at that point. He wasn't inside of his father's house. Somehow over the years, he must have developed a pride or a self-righteous or maybe a judgmental attitude towards others. Maybe he became a little cynical, and that attitude caused him to be separated from his father as well. You know, we always want to remember, if we're here this morning and we're saved, we were once lost. We were in the same pitiful condition as that lost man. You know, if we're here and we're saved, we're sinners saved by grace. That's the difference. Sometimes it's easy to forget. Sometimes we can look on others with 
disdain, but God help us to realize uh, if it weren't for God's mercy, we would be in the same place. You know, there's something we all want to remember. First Peter 2, 25 says, For ye were a sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. You know, this parable presents a challenge to every believer. We want to stay close to the shepherd. We want to search our hearts and ask him, Lord, is there anything that's drawing me away from you or anything that is drawing me away from you? And take care of that thing. Don't let anything create distance between us and our shepherd. We want to make sure and guard our hearts. We want to make sure our attitudes toward the lost reflect that of the father rather than the older son. Again, upset, but for the grace of God, there go I. We want to remember, like Brother Ryan said Friday, we want to remember what God has done for us and be thankful. You know, this parable offers hope to the lost. If you're here and you're lost this morning, you know what? Just cry out to the Lord. Stop running. Just surrender. Give your heart to the Lord. Confess those sins. The Lord will save you. The Lord will meet you. You know, the Lord can locate you. He can find you. But until you're willing to repent, he can't save you. But if you're willing to repent, the Lord will rescue you today. He'll save you and change your heart. You know, the best is yet to come. The Word of God tells us, 1 Peter 5, 2, When the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. The Lord is coming soon. We want to be ready. We don't want to be found lost or in a lost condition Good news is this morning, the Lord is searching for you. The Lord sees you. He knows where you are. You can be found today if you're saved. Thank the Lord for that. Pray for those that are lost. As we do that, God will bless us. Let's stand and sing 482. Let's come and pray.